When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, August 6th. Mark, big day in my family. Big, big day. Yeah, my favorite person in the world beyond my spouse. It's my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Slim. Uh, I'm so lucky. I have only one sibling. I love her so much. She is like the best older sister that anyone could have ever hoped for. Truly. You know, you can just be lucky or unlucky. Like your kids may get along, they may not get along. It just so happens that we get along so well that my nieces and my nephew kind of make fun of us because we talk a lot. <laughs> when I mean a lot, I mean that we can often talk at least once a day, but sometimes multiple times a day. And especially during COVID, she's one of the few people that like I saw a lot. So um, I love my sister. Happy birthday. I hope you love your siblings too, because... Uh, life's too short, you know? This is a program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. You know what I got to talk to my sister about in her birthday week is her estate planning because they're revising all of their estate plan. And the funniest thing is that we pulled, a, I happen to have the only copy of her originals <laughs> in my possession. She couldn't even find her originals. And I was like, ah, eh, time to redo it. I said, luckily you waited so long, you don't even have to worry about guardianship anymore. So you see, even the sister of Aunt Jill can be uh, a little remiss in her estate planning. Okay, if you've got a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is send us an email. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you're on our website, jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button. While you're on the website, don't forget, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Mark, have you recovered from me making you speak on the air yesterday? Yeah, Mark's now used to it because on our other podcast, at our Eye on Money podcast, he does speak more on the air. In fact, he speaks a lot on the air. That's the podcast where I'm supposed to let loose as opposed to yesterday when I was so tight-lipped. Okay, let's go to your questions. This is from Mark. It's about college savings. Uh, so Mark uh, reads uh, my weekly column in the Chicago Tribune. 
So I write a column. I always post it on our website. So don't worry. You can always get it there. And he says, I would appreciate your input regarding college savings plan or 529 plan. So our son is a rising sophomore. And after paying tuition for the first semester, there is $43,000 or so in the college savings plan. Is it worth adding funds to this account in order to cover future tuition and school expenses, including graduate school? Or should we use the money up in the college savings plan, which is plenty since he receives a lot of scholarship money? Hmm. Also, earlier this summer, I read an interesting article from the Wall Street Journal that extolled the purchase of United States savings bonds. What's your opinion as these as a possible investment? Thank you for your time. Take care, Mark. I still like the 529 plan. I, I understand that that certainly if you want a fixed investment, the savings bond environment is fine, especially if we're, we're thinking about interest rates rising and you want to maybe do an inflation protected bond, an I bond. But I still like the college savings plan. The one thing you didn't quite uh, mention here is that there's plenty of money right now in the college savings plan. So that will cover everything because it says future tuition. I think you're thinking about should you put money in for graduate school? And are we sure the kid's going to graduate school? Because if not, I wouldn't put more money in. And are there any siblings where we, if you did overfund it, you could slosh, slide the money over to the other sibling? I don't know, Mark. Should he overfund the college savings plan knowing or not knowing whether the kid is going into grad school? Mark leans overfund. And the reason you do is that you you say paying the penalty is no big deal and you might as well have the money and it's growing with a good, you know, essentially it's like a Roth IRA for education expenses. Yeah, I wouldn't want to like go crazy with it, but let's think about like what is the grad school, what's the real likelihood, and and fund it to like the likelihood, not the the guesstimate. That's what I would do. Okay. Cynthia has forty nine thousand dollars left on her primary mortgage. Sixteen percent of her payment is going towards interest at this point. The rate is three point three seven five percent. Uh, she says, I was considering a refi to 2.3% to lower my payment, and that would free up some money in case things get tight. I'm a widow. Hmm. The refinance will cost $3,000 in total. I'm 65 years old. I'll probably retire in two years. Your thoughts? I was thinking that I would throw the extra $500 that I had right at the principal when I could, which may be often. I just pay this thing off. If you are going to refi, you have to say, are you going to stay in this house? How long will it take you to, to get that $3,000 back, right? So if you think about it, you're, you're essentially saying you have an $865 payment. And if this would lower your payment to $350, but it resets the clock. I don't know, Mark. What do you think? I just feel like, eh, there's so little time left. And it seems like a pain in the neck. Yeah, we need, we need to know what other money you have. And essentially, if you have other money, maybe we would even accelerate this current mortgage. Maybe, I mean, look, it really does depend on what else you have available. That's the real issue. So do you have other money available? What's your savings? Follow up with us. Okay, that would be great. Okay, Eric loves the podcast. He says, quick question regarding investment accounts. He says, my wife and I have 401ks with our employers as well as IRAs. We currently have a joint investment account through a financial planner that my wife's mom gave to us as a gift, $10,000, as a wish from her father after he passed away. Okay. 
we currently have it building, but now I have a joint account through M1 Finance that I call my fun money account, mostly bond funds. That's not that fun. (laughs) And a few stocks that pay healthy dividends. On top of the emergency fund, we have the investment account. Should we keep M1 Finance account or take the funds, move it into our current joint investment account? Where is this account? That's what I want to know. I mean, yes, I would like you to consolidate this into one account. Pick which one. And if it's your fun money account and it's some money that's in there, like, yeah, just put it all in one place and don't pay too much money to have it in one place. So especially if you if your other account comes with a financial advisor that's charging you, then, you know, for sure go to M1. Okay, good. Donna, second home. Here we go. Hi, Jill. We currently own a home. It's paid off. It's worth about $250,000. We're looking to buy another house and pay $250,000. The house we currently live in would be sold in two and a half years after our daughter finishes college. The new house, uh, we would allow our adult children to move in until we do sell. Hmm. Okay. So, right. They got a house now. They got one kid. Then the older kids are going to move into the, the, the new house. Mom recently moved in with us. It's the reason why we're not selling now. We have $70,000 in debt. What kind of debt? Is that a mortgage? My husband will not retire for another 15 years. I'm a stay-at-home mom. We adopted two children. They're now eight and five. The new house would be where we would want to retire to. We have enough for a nice down payment. My husband have, has a little over a million dollars in your 401k. What are your thoughts? If you buy the new house, okay, are your and your adult children move in? Are they going to pay the expenses of that new house? And where is that seventy thousand dollars in debt? Because you said your home is paid off. Where? What debt do you have that is seventy thousand dollars? This is a bad idea until you pay off the seventy thousand dollars in debt. If that's credit card debt, I'm not going to be a happy camper. This seems like asking for a problem that doesn't exist. So if you've got young kids and you still, even if you have a million dollars in retirement, you got to get rid of the 70 grand in debt. And where did that debt come from? I get that you want to deal with mom and all those things, but you got to clean some stuff up. Get in touch with us if you have more follow-up questions. I'm happy to discuss it with you. Okay. This is from Alex, who I think has a comment. I often find that the folks who are sending in their profiles have very high net worth. Perhaps it is indeed this crowd that is interested in money issues. I find myself discouraged as net worth they report is four or five million dollars plus pensions, yet they seem uncertain if they can retire. You then celebrate their achievement, rightly so. But I'm left wondering why I'm such a loser. Oh, Alex, I don't want you to be a loser. That's not what you're that's not what the show is about. It's really not about that. I think that sometimes when you feel deficient in that way, you're hearing perhaps the things that you feel deficient about. Like we just talked about a couple of different questions that we just had, right? Just talked to somebody who has, you know, a million dollars or has this or has that. And, you know, I worry for you guys that I am not trying to create a show that's just for rich or just for poor or anything else. I'm really not. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We talk about someone who's got a $5 million target, but we also talk to people who are saying like, hey, you know, I have hundreds of thousands of dollars and I have this thing that's happening or I just inherited this money or that money. Are you listening for the thing that makes you feel bad? Are you the kind of person who sits on the beach and compares yourself to these beautiful bodies that walk by? 
Because if you do, it's so sad. You don't need to do that. That's not really what the point of the program is. Okay. So Alex then says, uh, I'm wondering why I'm such a loser. Maybe I have pipe dreams. We are 60-ish. Our net worth is $2 million. That's amazing. I'm going to celebrate you. There's $200,000 in money market, a million dollar home. We will qualify for about $60,000 in government pensions at age 70. We think we can pull off a $100,000 retirement starting shortly. Are we dreaming? No, no. And you then ask a question that I think is the core issue of why you feel so rotten. And you say, what percent of the American population has a net worth over one, two, three, let alone four million? I don't know. I do know. It's a very small fraction. Okay. I'm not talking to just people. It's so weird that like you are taking this and you're saying like, oh, maybe I should listen to a different program. Well, if you want to listen to a program where they just talk to people where you feel like your net worth is more than theirs, that's great. It's fine. But you can't be so worried about what everyone else has. What do you have? And you sound like you're in great shape. You know, you've got a couple million bucks saved. That's amazing. You've got a home. That's great. You're going to have pensions. That's great. Why is it that you feel like you have to compare yourself by looking up? Wouldn't it be interesting if you said, hey, wouldn't it be amazing that I have so much money and I'm so lucky that I can hit my retirement goals? What do you care about someone else's retirement goals? I don't want you guys to have that feeling. The whole point of this program, is not to make you feel bad about what you have or you don't have. It is about how you can hit the goals that you want for your family. You know what? There's going to be people who are richer than you are. Me too. There's going to be people who are not as rich as you are. Me too. And you can sit there and compare yourself and feel, I was going to say, you know, a bad word. You can feel crappy about yourself for doing that or, or, you can say, I'm so lucky with what I have. I am so grateful for what I have. Okay. I think that I'm done with that. And that's not a rant though. Was that a positive? Do you think we're going to give a little positive push? Don't compare yourself to others, gang. I promise you. It's not, it's like fruitless. And also, by the way, you're a government worker. You saved $2 million. You're a rock star. You're a freaking rock star. Play that over and over. That's it. I'm trying to, uh, Make sure that everyone realizes that if you've got a financial question, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Let us know. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. You can get this podcast wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe to our sister podcast, Eye on Money, and just find all that great stuff right on the JillOnMoney.com website. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman, who I hear is coming into town soon, Mark. So we'll have to track him down. Mark Delercio is the best executive producer in the entire world. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Lift someone up today. Put some good juju in the air for Alex. Grit, growth, grace, and Alex, here's what's one's for you. Have some gratitude. You're in great shape. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 